1: What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Rights Podcast. It is the long awaited Kentucky Derby preview with LB's Greg. Chopped it up with our guy about horse racing in general, who he likes in the Kentucky Derby on Saturday, and uh, why he just bought a horse last week and what his plans are as uh, the Bob Baffert of the South continues to rise within the industry. So uh, if you're into horse betting, buckle up. I think you'll enjoy This preview, before we get to that, though, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. The world's best gambling handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox Matrix interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. If you're into wagering, you need to check these guys out. Football season is just around the corner. Go ahead and sign up for a Picks package today. You can try it for a day, a week, a month year-long, I'd recommend going with the year-long all-access pass. You can do all sports, sports sports-centric. It's the only way to profit in the long run. The guys at Skybox NASCAR are crushing it if you want to build up your bankroll before football season. All you have to do is go online, skyboxsportspicks.com, sign up for a picks package, enter the promo code Rippy R-I-P-P-E-E, and that'll get you 20% off any purchase. And boom, you're more equipped to profit for this upcoming football, basketball season than you were before signing up for Skybox. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue in Oxford. This entire podcast is an LB's ad read. Buckle up. Here's LB's Greg. All right. We now welcome on the man himself, rising horse empire, the meats man, Greg, the meat sharp Jones. Obviously, you're no stranger to LB's on University Avenue at this point. It's the greatest butcher shop in the world. How are we doing, my man? Been a few weeks since we've done one of these. What's been happening on your end?
2: Yeah, man. Just uh, been rolling up there at LB's and, uh, you know, baseball season is kind of going and uh, it's it's rolling along. And I think we get our town back here in a little bit. So kind of excited about that.
1: And what you're referring to is summer, right? And not having random outsiders uh, come in on these weekends. I'll start there. That's a great place to start. What was uh, What was the Morgan Wallen trickle-down effect for LBs? Did you have people rolling in the store being like, who the hell are you guys? Did that affect you at all? Look, I know you knew what you were getting with, like, double-decker, but, I mean, I may have ran into you at library that week and honestly can't remember. It's all run together. But I, well, I went and met my dad at, like, the Friday uh, library at Morgan Wallen, and you would have thought Alabama football was in town on a Saturday in the fall. I was like, my God, there's a ton of people here. What was – like, did you all see any trickle-down effect at the store?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was always it's always good whenever you can get you know an injection like that. So I think, does anybody know what the official number was? I mean, was there two hundred thousand people in in Oxford?
1: I don't know official numbers, but I know half of them that had tickets to the Sunday show were rather mad when they left. Golly,
2: man! I'm so glad I uh, I actually got my work done and had everything set up, and I actually drove from. Oxford, Mississippi to Ocala, Florida, uh, Saturday at about four o'clock uh, that afternoon. So, I got out of
1: time. Are you a music guy? I didn't peg you as a Morgan Wallen dude, but like, did what? Do you listen to a lot? I, of music? I thought it was a girl. I thought it was a girl at first. I was like,
2: I was like, I mean, surely, I mean, I mean, I, I it, man, no, I'm not a Morgan Wallen guy. Um, I'm I I thought it was a chick at first. So it's like my fault on that.
1: I knew who he was but I just wasn't my thing. I definitely wasn't going to spend money on the ticket and that's not me like looking down at anyone who did. It's just you know that's why they make No, I mean I milk. think
2: Oxford I, I mean I think Oxford should do something like that, you know, kind of you know, every summer maybe or kind of do something exclusive with the Grove series or something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Obviously it's in it that wasn't... positive. So before we get into the horse side of this, because this will unofficially be a Kentucky Derby preview podcast, actually had a couple of <laughs> people reach out in the couple of days leading up to us doing this asking if there was going to be a Kentucky preview. And I was like, you bet your ass there will be. But before we get to that piece of it, what's been happening at the store? What have we got going on? Any specials to run? What what do we got going on? Well, we're
2: always rocking that Lane Train special. and oh, yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to – Switch it up a little bit so the lane train special is always two for 20 on Wednesday and Sunday. So we're going to do kind of like I don't know, like a Wendy's thing, we're going to do two for 22 every other day. I mean, you know, so if it's not Wednesday or Sunday, it's going to be two for 22 every day.
1: So, do you remember the last time we did a podcast? And I don't remember how long ago it was, we did the grill corner. And we had that one guy ask a couple questions about microwaving his steak and putting uh, like, I think it was like honey mustard or something. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, for sure. Where you're like, this has to be a joke. Well, there was a message board thread after we posted that podcast that was like laughing at me mainly because, of course, I don't know shit about grilling. So I'm asking you the questions, asking you to basically somewhat answer seriously, and you sit there. I think at one point you're like, "I don't think this is a serious question." And of course, I was <laughs> wiser. It was definitely not a serious question. We were getting trolled. To whomever submitted that, mad props to you. That was great. You just put oh yeah, it in no. Book.
2: He, uh, Houston listened to it. He was like, "Man, he's like, I've laughed and I've uh, laughed before, but I mean, that was hilarious." That's the greatest
1: comic relief we can give the people when they're laughing at me and I have no idea. I'm not even trying to be a smart ass or be funny or crack some joke. I have no clue. And it's clearly a joke, but it made me laugh. And the reason I brought that up was we do the Rippy Wright special. Should we change that to if you're a Rippy Wright subscriber, you get a microwave steak with honey mustard seasoning? How great would that be for your business uh, model?
2: No, we're gonna just do something like uh, a new uh, a new special, a new smothered and covered uh, with ketchup and honey mustard uh, steak uh, for for ten dollars.
1: I like that. So you'll get in the lab every now and again and start experimenting with some different strands of sausages. If you if you put the lab gloves back on, do we have any new sausages going on?
2: Well, I'm uh, I've got to make a bunch of smoked sausages tomorrow, so I'm going to be doing uh, the Blue Dream sausage, which I think that's uh that's a fan favorite. I think so. Um, Swayze sausage, of course. And then I, uh, I made some fire boudin the other day, which was really good. So uh, who knows? I don't know how busy we're going to be this weekend. So with that being said, we're just kind of rolling with the punches right now.
1: The last time we you did that, and I felt like really put the lab coat on. If I'm not mistaken, it was Funyun and Flamin' Hot Cheeto sausage. Do I have that right? How did that turn out?
2: Yeah. So that was separate. So like that one was a Funyun and one was a Cheeto. We didn't combine. uh, Yes. Yes. Two separate
1: strands, I should point out. (laughs) So I do have some
2: chicken sausage that I need to make and I do have a bag of uh, Cheetos. So uh, maybe I will uh, do that chicken Cheeto sausage tomorrow. So, yeah, that's a great idea. So glad you mentioned something. But, yeah, I'll do that uh, tomorrow. So I'll have that ready this weekend. So
1: we'll have some smoked chicken cheeto cheesy chicken cheeto sausage this weekend there you go be sure if you're listening check them out lb's university avenue you won't regret it the greatest place in the world my future and father-in-law is a uh, huge fan of it even though he's uh he's he's always too bashful to come in and say he's part of the rippy rights clan didn't you tell me one time you're like you got to tell me when this guy comes in i'm like he just dips in there on his own he likes to go in low key but uh he's probably your number one fan yeah,
2: no, uh, you always gotta be like, hey, you know. But I've, I, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting to see him a little bit more often, and so I'm getting a little bit more used to him. So I've been definitely giving him that brother uh, that, uh, that 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 brother-in-law discount for sure. A hey,
1: charitable I, man. I, I think I want to call it the Hot Springs uh,
2: condo discount. That's what I I'm was about to
1: say. You know, there's always got to be an in-game to everything. It's you know, you might be getting this free meats, man, but we know I'm gonna have to stake out a horse empire up there at some point, and I'm gonna need a home base.
2: Yeah, for sure. I I I I went to Oakland a couple of weeks ago. It was, man, I, that's a that's a good time.
1: It is a fun time. And uh when I went up there and we got engaged and we did the horse racing the next day, you kind of gave me the lowdown on how that was going to work, gave me some picks. that worked out well so I didn't completely fly in blind. That was a huge help with that whole weekend. Let's dive into that. Uh, before we get to the actual Kentucky Derby part, you texted me a photo the other day about a week ago, I want to say at this point, and it was you and a fairly large horse. And you said, I bought this this morning. What happened? (laughs) Take me through why you bought said horse. Well, so,
2: um, you know, I, 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 uh, just honestly, I, I think I've, I think I've been, uh, in, in engraved into the circus. So, um, the horse racing cell community is basically like a circus. They just, uh, travel from uh city city to city and sell horses and you know it is what it is so um i've got hooked up with some guys and uh i I didn't hook up with some guys but like some horse racing guys and um so started selling some horses started buying some horses and uh you know they really they're more of like 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 to sit at home and uh, watch on youtube the horses and everything i like to go to the sale you know i like to meet people and um uh, see the horse and uh you know kind of do everything that's involved with the horse racing so mm-hmm. it's uh it's kind of like a I don't know an outlet for me so it's kind of been fun and uh you know my mom's been trying not to get mad at me about you know leaving the store but you know I've been leaving on Mondays and Tuesdays so you know I've been coming in the weekend, so just still having fun with it. And, uh, but anyway, but yeah, said one horse, uh, became available. And, uh, I called my syndicate and I was like, look, man, you know, um, because, um, that syndicate really doesn't have a lot to spend, but when we do, we have to be smart. So, you know, when you have one bullet, you gotta, you know, shoot it. So anyway, uh, long story short, um, it was a good deal on the horse and, uh, I end up doing it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a official uh, full on horse. I'm just kind of, kind of wild.
1: So take me through that is wild. So take me through that process because for our long time listeners out there who've been listening since the days when you became the meat sharp and we were making NFL picks, you, I feel like you'd kind of slowly weighted your toes into the water of this horse racing horse circuit horse circus, however you want to describe it thing. I remember you telling me there was like a way you could buy small shares into horses. And I felt like you were doing that in a while. And then meat sweats came along like, but this, you like bought this horse. How did you get to the point where you were knee deep or far enough deep into it to where you could pull the trigger and have decision-making power on buying a horse, if that makes sense. How did that happen? So like,
2: I don't know. I, all, um, I grew up playing sports and, you know, of course we all dream of uh, being a professional athlete and whatnot, but, um, whenever I found out about trading and free agency, when I was about nine or 10 years old, um, I wanted to become, you know, in charge of, you know, who, who is on, in, on the team and who is, who is, you know, in the lineup, you know, if, if that's, uh, if that makes any sense. So, um, you know, whenever you get involved with other partners and other syndicates, you know, you're just kind of paying bills and you're doing that sort of thing. So you're really not the GM. You're just uh, kind of along for the ride. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So pretty much, uh, I am the GM of this uh, of this show. And uh, so far, right now, she's on vacation. She's resting up. Um, she is a uh, May Constitution filly. So uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, every horse has the same birthday. So uh, do you know what that birth, what day that is?
1: You gave me this lesson last week, so I can't act smarter than I am, but it's January 1st because of you told me that last week.
2: Correct. All right. So everybody, every horse has the same date. And so whenever you breed a horse, you try your best to have a January, February or March baby. You know, sometimes you have a May baby and uh, you try not to have a May baby, but it happens. Well, Whenever a two-year-old may baby is at a two-year-old cell, you know, it's not as big as most of the other ones because of, you know, kind of the age gap, but it doesn't mean she's not going to grow. So we just, uh, you know, took a little project with it. But so basically what the two-year-old horse sale is, is to make it uh, kind of very, okay. So it's like the NFL draft. No, it's not the NFL draft. It's like the NFL combine. And whenever they have the NFL combine, they literally, as the as the NFL combine's going, they're having the draft as the NFL combine ends. ends. And so whenever the NFL combine ends, the draft immediately starts. You get drafted by a trainer or uh, a, a buyer or whatever, and you either – Go to immediately to the racetrack and start running, or you know, maybe like me, you take your time with the horse because you know, like justified, he didn't run as a two year old, and you, I don't know if you know who Justify is, but he was the last Triple Crown winner, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, with that being said, you know, it's not, I mean, you know, there's some people that you know want to buy a two year old and get to the track immediately and you know, try to you know, win a couple races because. Granted, you just made a purchase, and you'd like to win, make money as quick as possible. But sometimes you need a couple, you know, months for it to, you know, fully develop, and then you have a better racehorse. Well, for example, last year we bought a horse, and I told them it needed time. They didn't give it time, and I guess with that being said, you know, the horse doesn't run anymore. So that's what I mean. It's it's kind of, it's kind of a tough deal because these two-year-old horses get thrown straight into the deep water. I mean, like straight into the deep water, they either sink or swim. So it's kind of tough, but it's fun because I'm in control and she just went back to their, um, the farm for about, mm, I think we're going to give her about 30 to 40 days just to be a horse. We took her shoes off. She goes and grazes in the field for up four hours and, uh, you know, hopefully she grows and, uh, in about 30 or 40 days, we'll see where she at and, uh, go from there.
1: Okay. So, but take me back through real quick, as we kind of try to bring this into fruition to, to you buying this horse from the time you first got into horse racing, how did you get to the point where you became the GM of the syndicate? How did you actually work your way up to be in that position?
2: You don't have, you like right now you can be a GM of a syndicate right now. Uh,
1: but it's, like, it's in cute. theory, I could, but like, not really, right?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, well, I mean, I was, I'm I'm in this syndicate, and I'm a, I'm a low percentage, and I'm going these sales, and I'm trying to, you know, help these guys purchase a horse. Well, you know, sometimes they don't like this, and sometimes they don't like that. Well, sometimes it just doesn't work out, and you've got to pull the trigger on something, so... Okay. So not to
1: cut you off, how did you get to the point where they wanted you, they wanted your expertise? That's probably what I'm No, wondering.
2: it's not my, it's not my expertise. It's my, it's my network of people that I've associated myself. So that's what's so great about it. So like I've gone to these cells and I've met some, you know, really incredible horsemen and incredible people. And it's almost like a second family. So, um, I mean, you'll laugh at this, but i, I I'm a, I don't know. I like to uh, try not to talk unless I was unless I'm asked to, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I sat down at dinner with, with uh, Richard Baltus, uh, Gray Price, and Jeff Bloom. Well, that's about uh, I'd say about I try not to, I'm trying not to call them out on being old, but it's about I don't know about 80 years of horse experience, you know. Okay. And I just you know sit back and listen to their tales, and I always. Kind of weird i always ask people you know like hey what's your first your best horse moment or who's the best horse you bred or you know and it's just like i don't know I'm, I'm curious about stuff like that because i like i mean i'm almost like a kid now I, I sit in my bedroom and watch old horse replays you know so i don't know it's just uh it's really cool industry and there's a lot of good people and very fortunate to be a part of uh, some good people and but no i do not make the decision um my uh council my jedi council um makes that decision
1: so how did it become where you have this horse that i saw the photo of the other day how did that actually happen
2: uh you know you raise your hand that's 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 as easy as you do you just have to raise your hand i mean you just raise your hand and hopefully nobody else bids and uh if you are the highest bidder they say uh sold and um some nice lady comes up to you with a piece of paper and you sign your life away. Why did you now raise your hand on that of, one? And,
1: and why did they want to do that?
2: It's kind of like getting married, Rippy. So you'll, it's, it's easy. You know, all you got to do is just sign your name on it.
1: Right, but there had to be some decision-making process. where Like, I want to buy this particular horse instead of any of the. Yes, those.
2: yes. Well, so okay. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't afford the two point two million dollar uh, horse. Uh, Understandable. Which, Uh, you know, man, it would have been awesome too, but, um, you know, like I was saying, we have a particular price range that we look for and we found a horse that fit that price range and, uh, we wanted to, uh, well, I wanted to take my time with it, you know, kind of like a project and, uh, just see where it takes. So her mother has produced four stakes winners. So she's worth something down the road, not, racing career so we'll uh, i'll own her as a broodmare too you see what i'm saying
1: yeah i'm following okay
2: so this is like my new child (laughs) that you know she races for me and whenever she stops racing you know we'll breed her to a uh, stallion and you know she'll have a kid and we'll sell her kid or either race her kid you know like so this is kind of like a 10 9 to 10 months long-term investment thing
1: so you buy the horse at what point do you become introduced to that horse i mean that was a cool photo do you just walk up to it and be like hey i'm i'm great well
2: so whenever you go to these horse sales do you just basically you know you have a list of all your horses that you want to look at you walk up to the
1: consignment
2: you put your name down and you put you want to see this horse this horse, this horse and this horse they bring it out to you and uh You know, some of them look like ponies. Um, Some of them have uh, crooked legs. Um, Some of them look like, uh, you know, a million dollars. It's just that's why you got to go and look at these horses because, you know, there's always something wrong, you know, regardless with uh, how good they look in a picture. So it's just there's a lot of work that goes along. man. It's a lot of work.
1: So this is a female horse. What made you want to buy this one? I know you mentioned kind of the birthday aspect. You get a deal on it. Why why pull the trigger on this horse?
2: So, um, well, she's got a really nice pedigree page. So she has a future as a broodmare. So that's an additional. uh, She's by Constitution. So um, Constitution is a son of Tappet, and he stands for $110,000. So that's his stud fee. So if you want to say you have a mare and you want to breed the constitution, that's going to be $110,000. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's why she's got some broodmare value. And she actually, um, you know, she actually worked really decent. She didn't like the track. So the track at OBS is a poly track. So it's like a synthetic track and she's been training on dirt for the last like six months. So, you know it's kind of hard for these horses because they've got one shot, and that's all they got is one shot. They literally go down the alley, and they can go. They try to go as fast as possible, gallop out real nice, and everything like that. And that's it. And that's you know that's their one shot. So uh, it's 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 pretty wild, man. But yeah, it's just like an NFL combine. You know, everybody gets time. Everybody gets their stride analysis and everything like that, and. You know, some people like uh, particular horses. Some people stay away from particular horses. And it's just, you know, it's all pretty much a kind of a lottery, you know, a lottery ticket.
1: What's the plan for this horse? What is the plan racing-wise? What is the grand plan for what you want this horse to be?
2: So, um, you know, obviously we just want to have fun with her. Um, you know, she's, uh, she's a younger horse, so she's still developing. So we're going to give her a couple days, you know, about 30 to 40 days off. Um, you know, those horse sales are really tough on them for a solid, you know, four weeks. You know, they're in a, in a horse stall. They're getting in and out. You know, they're just, it's, you know, it's tough, but it's almost like, I mean, I don't know, I'm not trying to compare it to jail, but you're in a stall. The only time you get out of the stall is whenever somebody calls your number. And then, you know, the only other times is you're on a, on a routine. So um, I just, you know, going to these sales and observing the horses and walking around you know some sometimes they just need a break so she's going to get a break and um we are probably going to start galloping her getting her back in training probably july and she'll start galloping and uh getting back in the swing of things and um she's a kentucky bred and there's a horse uh there's a race at oakland uh, at kingland in october and uh, hopefully we'll have a ready for Keeneland October. And there's a horse race for um, purchases for under $50,000. So um, it's just a race, again, for all horses that are purchased for under 50000 So, I mean, the only reason why I'm saying, uh, I'm just notifying that race is, um, so it's <laughs> Uh, it would be hard for my little filly to go against made special weights at Keeneland, you know, straight into like that, not under 50,000. We're talking about my filly is like, mm, she's got, she's about like Tulane in football last year. You know, she's got the potential to be really, really good. If you know, she gets hot, like, uh, but it took Tulane a couple of games to get ready and get good. Correct.
1: Yeah, that makes
2: sense. Alabama's already good. So, you know, you're going up against a bunch of Alabamas. So, I mean, it's just – so that's why you go and try to find, you know, races because, I mean, you know, uh, you don't want to – even if she's a really good horse, you don't want to, like, you know, um, say um, – lose confidence because she's going against bigger and better horses – that she doesn't need to be competing with as at, you know, for her first time out. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to try to shoot for, uh, October at Keeneland and, uh, have fun with her.
1: So how do we name this horse right now? It's name is horse. We jokingly crowdsourced last time ended up being meat sweats that I don't think had any influence because of this podcast. How do you come up with a name?
2: Well, um, she already has a name. um, and i can change her name um but uh it just costs money and supposedly it's unlucky to change a uh horse's
1: name so i don't oh, know her so we na- already got a name what's the name her name is signing okay
2: her like i said uh they, they try to do stuff with like that attaches like constitution like i wanted to do something like amendment 19 or something like that but um I don't know. My mom I was thinking about naming naming it um after my mom. My mom calls herself Top Shelf Lady cuz she's in charge of the top shelf. So we were thinking about changing the name to Top Shelf Lady and naming it after my mom, but we'll see.
1: Okay, interesting. All right, last thing on this before we get to the Kentucky Derby aspect of things where is this horse being housed? I imagine it's not going to be in your backyard outside of Oxford. Where, where's this horse living between now and uh, when it races?
2: So um, Robbie Harris uh, is uh, uh, the consigner that sold her. He does the training for Clayburn and Richard Mandela. So his farm is based in Florida. So basically what she did was we purchased her and then she got it in a, 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 a van and she literally went straight back to the farm where she's been for the last uh, 12 months of her life. So hopefully she gets some rest and relaxation and uh, she grows and uh, we'll assess her situation after 30 days and then see where she goes.
1: Where do you get that Bob Baffert medicine? That's not legal. Is that going to happen?
2: Man, you know, it's so funny. You just see that guy walking around and you know, it's funny. Like this is how he looks at horses. It's like, um they have a list of horses and he walks up to them and they say hey bob can this win the kentucky derby and he goes no and then they go to the next one so that's how bob bafford looks at horses Um, so i don't know man i mean you know when i mean whenever you got the chic buying horses for you it's kind of kind of hard not to be uh really good at your job
1: at what point can we like declare war on Bob Baffert and like I need you like going like being the like... I don't
2: think we can do it man. I mean, unless, uh, unless Lane Kiffin wants to give us some money and bankroll this thing, maybe, uh, maybe we can. I mean, I know he just got a nice uh, contract. I, you know, coach, uh, coach Davis came in the store the other day and he was like, he was like, Greg, he's like, I'm going to the Kentucky Oaks and the Derby. Who you got? And I'm like, oh man. So I've been doing my homework for the last, two and a half hours hope, trying to get some picks for coach Davis. Cause uh, uh, I definitely don't want to send him a bunch of losers.
1: So that's a good transition. As we ease into the actual Kentucky Derby, the odds making the handicapping of it all. Um, you sent me some picks from that January weekend when I was in hot Springs, and I got engaged. I had a buddy that went on a bachelor trip up to Lexington and was asking for some picks. You sent him some, made them a nice chunk of change. You've been on the handicapping side of it for a little bit now. How do you actually do that? How the hell do you know who all these horses are and who's going to win these races? What is your approach to doing that? Well, so every,
2: every, it's called a, uh, a past performance list. So everybody has their speed and like what, where they went, where they raced last. And, uh, I mean, you probably saw the sheet. Did you, did, did you not get a, a book when you walked in? At, yeah, I at got High it. Hot Springs. Okay, so you saw all the numbers and everything like that. So that's basically how you figure out, you know, speed and times and that sort of thing. So, man, it's a lot of numbers, and good thing I'm dyslexic, so um, I'm not really good at numbers. So I just try to keep it simple and just watch race replays and um, see um, um, what the distance the horse, the race is running, and how the horse ran at those particular distances and Um, There's a lot of uh, stuff. There's a lot of uh, people like me. I like to uh, bet trainers and jockeys. Um, You know, it's just sometimes, uh, uh, you know, if you bet, if you find a really good jockey on a, on a, on a, you know, not a, not the favorite, uh, he's not going to get on a bad horse. So, you know, you might get some value there, but uh,
1: I just, there's so
2: much, uh, so much. i try to stay clear of those, uh, of that, um, of that book.
1: Okay. So as we enter Kentucky Derby weekend, one of the things you taught me either last year or the year before last, I can't remember, is obviously they actually run races, you know, in the Friday before, at least I know, and then Saturday leading up. As you look at this Kentucky Derby weekend, everyone's obviously going to look at the main race because that's just kind of what your casual horse racing fans do. Is that where the actual money's to be made, or can you make, like, is, is there money, is the better value looking at some of these other races before you get to the big show?
2: Well, there's a lot of really good races Friday and Saturday. I mean, you've got uh, Friday is going to be uh, Oaks Day, which uh, that's basically like the Kentucky Derby for females. So, um, so yeah, Friday, uh, actually uh, race five on Friday, uh, the defending derby champion is running uh, Rich Strikes. So he's running in race five on Friday. So, um, yeah, man, there's going to be some really good horses on Friday. Race eight, there's a horse named Caraval. She is, uh, she is one feisty little filly. So I really, really like her. She's a, she's a favorite though, but um, she's she's a really good one, and it's just cool to see a cool horse like that. Um, you know, in race nine, Secret Oath. I don't know if you probably heard of Secret Oath. Uh, that's uh, the um, you know, uh, Dwayne Lucas's horse, um, uh, uh, based out of Hot Springs. So she's a she's a crowd favorite, but um, yeah there's some really good races on friday but the 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 oats is the is the main race and uh i've actually got a uh, friend that uh, uh sold one of the horses that is in the oats so i'm kind of pulling for that horse it's kind of a long shot but uh it's just kind of cool to that's kind of another thing you know when you get associated with people and, and you get associated with everything involved in the horse racing is you find you know there's people that have uh horses that you know and you've seen in, in sales and you're like, oh, oh, how'd that horse? And you know, you follow the horse and so this horse is running in the in the Kentucky Oats. So that's a pretty big deal for them. So uh it's the number one horse in the Kentucky Oats. It's uh Mimi Kadishi Whatever. It's uh the 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 uh the Saudi's bought her. So she uh she's a she was uh she won the the race in Madeira so She's a but anyway, it's just cool to have a horse run in the in the oats. That's pretty cool. So, uh, but no, the uh, the oats is pretty good. Wet paint is uh, probably going to be your favorite in that race. She's tough, man. Brad Cox trains her, and she's done nothing but uh, uh, you know won every single race. So, and uh, Brad Cox is definitely a real hot trainer right now. So, she's going to be tough to beat. But you know, uh, he's training another horse in that race called South Lawn and uh watch out for her so and there's another horse named botanical so uh the oats race is on friday and that's the female version of the kentucky derby so uh always definitely need to check out uh the oats on friday
1: so this probably sounds like a dumb question but why is the defending kentucky derby champion not the main thing again so
2: he is a four-year-old horse now so the kentucky derby is only for three-year-old uh horses
1: Okay, gotcha. So, not actually eligible. So, even if he wanted to be like he could still be in it, the fact that he's four years old, he cannot race.
2: No, so the Kentucky Derby is for the best three year old uh horses in the world. So, you uh, Phillies can run in the Kentucky Derby, but they would much rather you'd much rather want your uh, if you have a really good Philly, you want to uh, win the Kentucky Oats. So, um, so yeah, that's basically uh, all the best three-year-olds in the world are, are running in the Kentucky Derby. Rich Strike is a four-year-old horse, and he cannot run in the Kentucky Derby because he's four years old.
1: Gotcha. Okay, Saturday, the races leading up to the Kentucky Derby. Is there anything we should know? Got any leans in the races leading up to it?
2: Man, just some just some really good horses, man. I mean, like race four, there's a horse named Good Ol- Night Olive. I mean, she's a, just a rock star. Uh, and just cool to see a horse like that run on- you know, on Derby Day, race five, there's a, na- there's a horse named Spinderella. Um, she's, she's a good one too, but it's just, uh, there's so many good horses involved. I mean, every, I think there's 10 graded stakes uh, uh races on the card. So uh, if you got to, if you get to go to Churchill Downs on Saturday, uh, consider yourself pretty lucky for sure.
1: Okay, so let's get to the main show now. You got the 2023 Kentucky Derby odds. A horse named Forte is the favorite at three to one. There's something called Tapit Trice at five to one. How do you kind of view the uh, the main enchilada here? What do you like in this main race?
2: Man, I mean, uh, this is it's it's been it's wide open. Like, uh, I mean, with Rich Strike winning the Derby last year, and uh, you know, um, Steve Asmussen is um, the most He's the all-time winningest trainer in North America, and he's never won a Kentucky Derby. You know, wow. I, I bet, bet you didn't know that. I did not, but that's not well. Zachary he yeah, Well, <laughs> he had Epicenter last year, and uh, Epicenter shouldn't have won that race. And, you know, Rich Strike comes from the clouds and, um, um, you know, clips him at the wire and uh, just is what it is. You know, uh, my thing is, was whenever a lot of people just – see a bunch of horses running around in a circle and then whoever gets to the line first is the winner. You know, you kind of, if you want to learn how to watch a race that, um, you know, you you kind of want to look at the times. Um, I, that's how I know whenever my horse is going to win or it's going to do good is because uh, I, I try to keep, I know what times he likes to run and whenever he runs those proper times, you know, he usually he wins the race. So I'm just giving you a little breakdown of last year. So last year, um the times were 21 and 7, 45 and 3 and 110. So whenever they the first number that pops up, if it is 22 and change or 21 and change, that means they're going really really fast. That means they're going fast. So whenever they're going really really fast, that means the closers like rich strike, the ones that just let them go out to the front and then let the closers close in because they were going so fast. That's, that's how you can dictate if the closers can close. See what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I'm following. So the next,
2: the next, uh, so if you go two years before um, the, the numbers were 23 and 46. Well, that's almost two seconds off the last year's and the number four. So, that was Medina Spirit. That was Bob Bafford's horse. So one of the reasons why Bob Bafford and Medina Spirit won that race is because they went straight to the lead. They controlled the fractions. They slowed down the race. And then whenever they hit, t- hit the uh, top of the stretch, he didn't have any horse in front of him. And all he had to do was get all that fresh air and get all those uh, uh, fresh, uh, fresh, um, I, I don't know what you would say, it, fresh chemicals that's in the Kentucky air Ooh, uh, yeah. that goes, that goes straight to the, uh to, to the lungs of a, a Bob Baffert horse, you know, it just works out for him. So that's how that works out. So um, anyway, so just watch the race, you know, just see if those first fractions, if they're really, really fast, I would watch out for that damn Japanese horse, man. I, I'm a big, I I try not to, um, I try not to think that a uh, mind your biscuits would ever think about winning the Kentucky Derby, but um, watch out for the horse number 17. If he can get to the lead and if those fractions are 22 and change 23 or 20, you know, 20 some odd change 46, you know, and change um, that the Japanese, they train their horses to make sure they have extra kick whenever they come down the top of the stretch. So basically they've been trying to train the horses, you know, how to run races like Bob Baffert wins races, control the pace, make sure the horse is, you know, feeling comfortable up front. When it gets to the top of the stretch, you know, turn them loose. So with that being said, I would really be worried about that Japanese horse, but if the speed goes too quick, you know, if it goes 22 and change and if it goes a little bit faster, you know these horses like forte um i really if the if if the horse go, if the race goes fast i kind of like this horse name um uh the nine horse uh skinner um he he's a deep closer and you know whenever that speed breaks down you know you look for these closers to come closing but um uh, there's just so many game there's so many good horses in here it's just hard hard to land on one you can literally throw a dart at the board and you know you could probably hit the board but um tap it trice. i mean he's it, it, just a damn he's a game horse um you could see in his last race um uh, whenever he was up against um uh, verifying which uh verifying is uh a son of justify who is the, who won the triple crown here in 2018 so it's pretty uh just a lot of history that goes along with horse racing and it's just kind of cool to you know uh trace lines and do numbers and figures but if uh if i had a shot i i really i think i'm gonna go with angel of empire i, I just like brad cox i think um the, the the race sets up perfect for him um he ran really good at the uh the arkansas derby and uh won the arkansas derby and Man, I just, Brad Cox, is, uh, his barn's super hot. So I, I really like Angel of Empire. That's gonna be the 14 horse.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit To get your jobs more visibility, at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire?
3: You need Indeed.
1: You mentioned the 17 horse being a Japanese horse. I can see that from the name. I'm going to butcher this. That is Derma Sotagaki. Does that sound right? Uh, Derma Sotagate. Sotagate. Okay, so that's at 10 to 1. You mentioned Angel of Empire. That's the 14 horse in the program. That's 8 to 1. And then there was one more that you mentioned Uh, the nine horse,
2: the nine horse, uh, Skinner, Skinner,
1: that's 20 to one. So that would be the long shot, the biggest long shot that you mentioned by far. Do you think it has a shot to win the race?
2: I mean, yeah, it just depends on how those first fractions go. You know, if they go fast, you know, you look for those closers to close, you know, like I'll really like the eight horse mage. Um, he did in the last race against, um, Forte. I mean, you know, just, you can watch the Florida Derby, um, he did everything but win the race and uh he's a he's a pretty game horse so there's just so many I mean it's just all about the perfect about the trip you know uh who who knows um, what trip there is going to go but um you know there's another horse that I really like and uh, um, if Mandarin hero he's an alternate e- entry he's another one of those Japanese horses um uh, if you look at the 10 horse that uh practical move, so the 10 horse uh, win, ran, uh, won the the uh, Santa Anita dirty, Derby. And uh, Mandarin Hero is a Japanese horse that came over and ran a really, really game second to Practical Move and actually galloped out past Practical Move, past the wire. So that's another thing you gotta look at. So Practical Move's gonna be there. That's the 10 horse. So there's a lot of different angles here. I've been told that uh, the four horse the trainer had walked around uh, the gala la- last night and, and told everybody that they were they were running for second place on Saturday. So confidence game. yeah. And he ran a really really great race at the Rebel uh, a, a couple a couple weeks ago, at uh, a couple months ago at Oakline, and he's got the longest he's got the longest uh, layover of them all. So you know that's what you can do if you can win say the rebel and get guarantee yourself into the Kentucky Derby, you know, you don't have to worry about running any more races. You can go straight to Churchill downs, get your horse ready, you know, to run in the Kentucky Derby. So, um, I really like confidence game and, you know, kind of where he stands, but you know, a lot of people don't like the, the long layoff. So, uh, I'm not afraid of the long layoff because, you know, if you, if a trainer is training a horse to run a particular distance, you know, uh, the horse, if the horse, uh, gets the right trip you know uh it might get there so um i don't know you can you can just there's so many di- uh there's so many angles you can go so um you know two fills the three horse um he won the uh Jeff Ruby stakes which i photo bombed i'll have to send you that picture which uh please do <laughs> yeah i uh whenever moonstrike ran in the stakes race up there at uh, turfway um uh, we actually ran into one of the owners of two fills and he uh was like look if we win this race y'all need to come down there and get in the photo and i was like well, all right no problem <laughs> and uh so literally me me and dan uh we walk down and get in the photo and man i'm in i'm literally like right by the horse like i thought the i thought the uh they were gonna hand me the horse in the photo that's how close i was to the photo uh to the horse so it was really cool it was a fun experience so um i like two feels, um and um that's another horse if it gets out to the lead and um does those proper fractions he might have enough uh gas in the tank to make it to the finish line so um there's a there's there's just so it's wide open i can't you know i can't land on one but if i could land on one i really like angel vampire um i i really like forte a lot i respect forte a lot because He's done nothing but win. But, you know, sometimes sometimes you get to this, you know, this Kentucky Derby and do all the all the winning that he's done, and it just, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. So um, I think Forte might get beat. Um, I think Tappet Trice might get beat also. I don't know. You know, it all depends on that trip and those fractions. So uh, I'm going to land on Angel of Empire, and uh, I'm going to give you a long shot if you want a long shot. I'm going to give you a long shot. The 13
1: horse, Sun Thunder. Love it. That's where shot. I was going next. Do your thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, just uh, he, uh, we looked at his numbers, and he actually has some decent numbers and has some decent speed speed figures. So, um, you know, uh, I don't see why he can't be there. But I will also say be, be aware of the seven horse. Uh, that's your buddy, Baffert's horse. So um, I don't know if Jimmy Barnes is there. Um, Giving him the medicine or not, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the uh, on the on the church shelf, uh, ground somewhere.
1: So that's where I was going next was the last five. You mentioned this being a more wide open Kentucky Derby than it's been in years past. The last five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five horses in this race on the odds that I have pulled up are all at 50 to one. Their names are Continuar, Jace's Road, Ray's Cane, Sun Thunder, as you covered, and Reincarnate, which is the Bafford horse, as you mentioned. You already answered the question I was going to ask you. Is there any one of those that would be worth the squeeze? You answered that. My next question, maybe you're just getting great at this podcast thing, was who's Bafford's horse? Is Bafford only have one horse that's 50 to 1? Does he have another horse in this race? I find this hard to believe. He has one horse and it's a long shot?
2: Yeah, well, no, he can't train horses in, in Kentucky, so it's running under Tim Yachteen's name.
1: I thought he was banned from the one in New York. He's banned from the Kentucky Derby? <laughs>
2: yeah, so Tim Yachteen is the one that trains his horses.
1: So how many states is this guy banned in?
2: <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just know that he, uh, he's banned in Kentucky. So, uh, so yeah, he, he doesn't run at the Kentucky Derby. His horses just run, so – Um, So, yeah, reincarnate will uh, will transfer back to Baffert's barn after this
1: race. Okay, so maybe I had that wrong. Maybe it was the Kentucky Derby or the Kentucky training horses in Kentucky um, that he's banned from. So I I, without getting too far in the weeds, what does that actually mean? Because he has a 50 to one horse that's reincarnate. You mentioned he's banned from training horses in Kentucky, but these horses don't have. Have to be in Kentucky. What is the rule there? If that makes sense. Yeah.
2: So basically, what he does is he trains them in Santa Anita and then ships them to Kentucky and then runs in the race.
1: So how is that handicapping him at all? Why does he only have reincarnate if that's the actual rule? If that makes sense. Why does he not have? I, I mean, you, you
2: remember, uh, you remember Arabian uh, Arabian Night? Uh, you saw him at at Oaklawn. Uh, he was supposed to be in this race, but he didn't. Uh, he he didn't make it. So yeah, you remember the the Arabian, You went to that race. Uh, you were like, "Holy shit, Baffert's horse is a is a freaking gorilla." I was yeah, like, no, yeah, no, no, I guy. was
1: there. I was going to get to that in a second. But what's a, the the penalty for him being banned or whatever? How, like, I guess what my actual question is: How does that trip him up? Like, why is he only have a long shot? Like, why why is him being banned for training horses in Kentucky? Why does that hamper him in the Kentucky Derby? If that makes sense
2: it's not necessary to hamper him i mean like this, this is just not one of his better horses and uh i mean like last year he sent tabia uh, to the derby with ten yacht team and you know tabia didn't run a really good race and then whenever tabia got back to bafford's barn you know he goes and runs the pennsylvania he wins the pennsylvania derby and you know wins all these races so um you know it's, you know sometimes uh, sometimes uh, the juice doesn't get transferred
1: Okay, so, like, for the casual horse fan out there like me, there are actually years where Baffert doesn't have a favorite. Because, like, the casual person like me, and I imagine some people listening out there, is they're just going to see this white-haired guy that's Bob Baffert. He seems to be in the mix every year. But that's not actually ca- the case. He's not in the mix every single year. Yeah, I mean, he's
2: definitely – I mean, you definitely want to keep Bob Baffert in your exacta because you don't know what he – I mean, he won the Kentucky Derby with Medina, Medina Spirit. That's a $1,000 per Like –
1: what were the odds on that one? Medina Spirit, I think, was like thirteen or fifteen to one. Fifteen to one. Okay, but that's still not that crazy of a long shot. We're talking well, about yeah. this one horse is fifty to one here.
2: Yeah, I mean that's why you got to play them. Like you don't know. I mean, like I said. Um, uh, okay, say for example, um, three years ago, three years ago in two thousand and twenty, there was a horse named Tiz the Law, and yeah, I remember um, that one okay so tis the law it was a COVID year it was all kind of weird because the kentucky derby usually goes first um, this year the belmont went first so uh tis the law wins the belmont so the kentucky Derby's last this year so like everybody in the world knew coming around the corner uh, because tis the law just stalked uh, uh authentic the whole way that it was like oh you know, tis the law is just going to run right by Authentic, and for some strange reason, Authentic rebreaks like two or three times. Rebreaks mean catches a second win, or just that's what rebreaking is. And Authentic just runs, uh, beats. You know, tis the law by two lengths. So you're sitting there thinking, never ever bet against Baffert. You know, especially if he's got one that's fifteen to one, twelve to one, or whatnot. So. I'm not saying that you should bet on reincarnate. I'm just saying don't ever doubt Bafford when it comes to, to, to comes to the big shot.
1: So my next question is as we hit the 3 we kind of hit prime horse racing season where you obviously have the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont. I feel like this is probably a similar situation to where like I'm pretty invested in the golf. I got some buddies that are on the lower tours, a couple guys on the PGA Tour. I'm really invested in that piece of it but like for your casual golf fan like master's week everyone's like it's like the greatest frat holiday of all time but like my favorite um majors the british uh, excuse me the open championship i like to call it the british open because we are far superior in every aspect and those losers that lost in 1776 but why is the kentucky derby in your mind the most famous one is it just because it's first like why does it have more of a name brand than the other two well, I just,
2: you know, it's the, uh, man. It, it, okay. So in Kentucky, it's such a big deal. Like, sure. I, I, I mean, I, it's I like mean, the heart of know. horse
1: racing. It,
2: it's just, it's, uh, I mean, man, it's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's almost like Mardi Gras form. It, does that make it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, um, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes in the industry, you know, um, you know, everybody just seems, everybody might think that, You know, hey, uh, let's put some uh, you know hay in the in the stall, and maybe he likes it, and he eats it, and he and he runs fast. You know, there's a lot of you know hard work that goes involved involved in it, and uh, it's just a celebration of you know of the you know just a whole um, the coming together of all the greatest horses in the country. Um, You know, my Kentucky home. Um, just man, it's just a, it's kind of a really, you know, just a big deal, you know, for anybody that's, you know, from Kentucky. And then whenever you go, you kind of, you know, think about, it, like, man, this, this is pretty serious, you know. It's almost like Talladega for Alabama for people from Alabama, you know. I, I mean, I'm not trying to compare that, but it's like it's the greatest two minutes in history and in, in sports. It, it really is. And, and I get it that some people like, oh, it's just a, you know, they're running around in a circle and then. Oh cool. They won it's it's a lot that goes on, you know, and uh it's a big deal. And you know, it's just it is what it is and some you know, it just is kind of a bummer because you know, I don't know if you noticed this when you went to Hot Springs, but did you notice like the families that were there that would get to see the horses and stuff like oh yeah. I I wish that, you know, Mississippi had something like that. And it's just kind of cool because you know, it just brings people together and, and you know the animals are man they're they're amazing and uh they don't you know they they do everything that we ask for them and uh it's just really cool to be a part of them and uh you know it's just it's it's just a real cool sport
1: my last thing that I had was I was going to ask you about Arabian night when I went there I was like is Baffer going to be there and you're like no he'll probably be at string song but then he shows up on this straight January day to Oakland, because he had Arabian night racing. And then as someone who's as ignorant about horse racing as I am, I could tell pretty clearly there were a bunch of horses and then there was whatever the hell that thing was. And Baffert's horse was like the second to last race of the day, just smoked everyone else. You mentioned at the time, and I think I read about it at the time, it was like that whole point was to get it into the Kentucky Derby. Why did Arabian night not get into the Kentucky Derby? Um, you know, maybe they had had some
2: issues with it, you know, maybe it wasn't, it wasn't ready. Maybe it had, you know, something, you know, something come up, you know, but, you know, to win, you know, Baffert's not going, I mean, like the, the Sheik wants to win the triple crown. Like he, 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 you know, it's it's special for him to win the Kentucky Derby, but he wants to win the triple crown. So like this guy, I mean, like literally the last sale I went to, he spent 2.2 million dollars on a horse that he wants to win the triple crown with. Like there's no, there's, there's, that's why, you know, I hate to say it like That's why, you know, Bafford has so many fatalities is, you know, he trains the hell out of these horses, you know, and like, and the only reason why, you know, these horses turn out so good is because they can withstand, you know, training, uh getting trained on a, uh, on a, on a tough, tough, you know, regiment. So um I don't know man it's just it it, um you know with me I'm not trying to win the Kentucky Derby I'm just trying to have fun with it you know it's kind of funny you know um you know people were walking up to him like "Uh uh-oh meat man got a horse you know because everybody you know refers me as the meat man and it's just it's kind of fun it's just we're just I'm just having fun with it so um but yeah there's people that are you know you look at Mike Rapoli you know he spent he bought 78 yearlings last year and he spent probably I don't know over 20 million dollars but that's good for the game you know he's trying to bring young people in and trying to get young people involved and because horses you know the horse industry is kind of dying because nobody really doesn't care about you know horses but if you ever you know put five dollars on a horse and he comes around the corner and he's in the lead and if you don't get excited about it then you probably don't ever need to go to a race track ever again, you know, because it's
1: not fun for you. What do you think Bafford's it's funny you mention all this, D. Wayne, Lucas, Bafford, all these people, and then it's like just the Saudis. What do you think Bafford's thoughts on the Saudis are?
2: I'm pretty sure he um doesn't say much because they would probably – well, I wouldn't – I mean, I don't think they'd do anything to him. But, yeah, I mean, like, man, when you're tr- – <laughs> when you're training for a sheep, you know, you probably, you know, need to be really good at your job. I would think, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know what a life in Bob Baffert would be like. I mean, you know, um, (laughs) I don't know, man. I just, you know, uh, I'm, I would definitely not send him a horse, but you know, also I'm not trying to win the Kentucky Derby.
1: Well, that's a, that's got to be the way we wrap up the pod. I, I get that, but I'm I'm fully in the business of declaring war on the higher ups in whatever industry that I have no business declaring war on. How do we get to where you you and Baffert are just nose and nose, and it's like there's a new sheriff in town, pal? No, I don't think
2: I can ever get that with Bobby's. I mean, you know, uh, I'm just. Uh, unless, unless unless the sheik, uh becomes friends with the meat man, uh, I, I, no, I, I don't even see that happening. I'm a super personal guy, but I, I, I'm not chic personal. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think I can ever declare war on Bob Baffert. He's, you know, uh, he's he's you know he's the goat, and it just you know it is what it is. But I mean, it's just man, it's tough, but. You know, you just got to, you got to know your, you got to stay in your lane, you know, like, like I said, I'm not trying to win the Kentucky Derby, but I'm also trying to have fun and win some stakes races and, um, you know, maybe produce, you know, some, um, some hundred thousand dollar yearlings and that when, you know, I'm just trying to have fun with it. And uh, that's, uh, that's what it's all about. You know, it's a, it's a competitive sport and it's, uh, kind of like, uh, you know, you own your own franchise and you can purchase, uh, whatever you want to purchase and get involved in whatever you want to get involved and in, uh, just kind of have fun with it. So I just kind of basically – I wouldn't call it an empire. I just call it, the, uh, just call it a franchise.
1: Look, never say never. Uh, we've got Soccer Corner going on with Weldon. We've given Saudi Castle a lot of free press. If someone from Saudi Arabia were to reach out, I might have to beg, look, if, I know you're into horse racing too. I got a guy, and we're trying to take down this white-haired asshole. Um, so let's see if we can make something happen here. Um, All right. so you got you gave us kind of the lowdown, but a gun to your head if you had to bet one horse to win the Kentucky Derby, who is it? I think it's gonna man
2: i I kind of like the Angel of Empire. I think that he gets a, the the right the right trip. um I would do that as my pick. you know Forte and Tappet Trice are gonna be tough to beat. I mean I let's not let's not uh wager around the fact that you know they're they're a reason why they're the two favorites but it's wide open, you know, after last year, you can see where, you know, rich strike comes from the, the clouds and, um, you know, uh, uh, anything can happen, but, um, I, I will give you, I, I, what I'm going to bet is I'm going to bet some try boxes. Okay. So try boxes is the, uh, the, the exact order of first, second and third. So I don't know. I, I've got to put Forte in there. Um, I really want to tap at tries in there also, but I really like that. Um, um, I like uh, Skinner, you know, and I like that that Japanese horse man. They're going to be tough, but uh, I think Angel Empire is going to be my pick. And uh, if Mandarin if Mandarin Hero can get in, I would be. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how uh, how the uh, the pace scenario tr- uh, turns out. But I will give you a. Uh, the, I will give you that dark, uh, dark, uh, the dark, the sleeper is that sun thunder, that 13 horse. I would,
1: uh, I would watch out for the sun thunder. The sun thunder. Okay. And that's the Bafford horse.
2: No. Well, that's, that's the Bafford's horse is uh,
1: the seven horse. Oh, that's right. That's not sun thunder. Okay. So watch I'm, out. Sun for... thunder
2: is the 13.
1: Sun, th- sun
2: thunder. Okay.
1: What a so, terrible what a terrible name. That is a tough name. I'm not sure I would have been on board with that one. Okay. So we have our official Kentucky Derby picks. Before I let you go though, what you got going up? I know you just bought a new horse. Do you have any stakes races coming up? What is on the uh for your budding empire? What is uh what is next on the docket? What what are you looking to next?
2: Well, we are, I'm going to the Preakness, which is going to be the 3rd Saturday in May. So, um Man, we don't know what Misty Mob is going to do. Uh, we we got lucky, and you know, claiming a, a horse and winning a stakes race is kind of like uh, like a one in five hundred shot, one in thousand shot. I mean, it's really you know hard hard to do it. And sometimes, like whenever I say claiming a horse, sometimes there is a horse with a trainer that you know say you might see something that another trainer might can do better. So that that's why you try to claim the horse. So we claimed this horse and, uh, she won back to back races and she won a stakes race. And, uh, I don't know if you saw on the Twitter, we, uh, we got, tw- we got tagged on the Twitter. So that was really cool. Uh, by, um, uh, by her stallion. Uh, so I, I don't know, hopefully, uh, hopefully run into the stakes race at, uh, on, um, on Preakness day on Saturday, that would be great. Or either that on black eyes, uh, black eyes, Susan day on Friday. So, I don't know. Roan Burgundy's on vacation. He need he's tired. Um, I've got a new, that I don't know if I told you about Moonstrike. Um, keep an eye on Moonstrike. I'll keep I'll keep you updated on Moonstrike. Uh, Moonstrike is a uh, is a really good horse that I uh, that we purchased about a couple months ago. So keep an eye on Moonstrike.
1: There you have it, Greg, the meat-sharp horse racing master himself. I appreciate the time, (laughs) my man. We'll do this before the preakness, and uh, everybody cash your bets now. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, man. All right, that'll do it for our show today. Appreciate the time. Sorry about the uh, two pods this week. I did have one that's supposed to be going out on the the Rebel Grove uh, pod feed, if you want to hear me and Chase talk baseball for a little bit. But uh, we'll be back to the normal three next week. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday.